So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, rock stars, I got a great returning guest. Yes, a great, a solid agent with a solid team that is getting 50% growth rate year after year in Huntsville, Alabama. Very popular episode when he came on last, 481, which means it was probably close to two years ago. His, his last podcast was how to, how to achieve 800% profit growth, just because he does this year after year after year with different things and always on the cutting edge. Anyways, we're lucky to have him back here and I'm, I'm excited to jump into the show. So without further ado, Matt Curtis, welcome back to Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks for having me. You know, the 800% gross profit would be a, a nice little trick, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't know. This is what it was called. Boost your real estate profits and break plateaus with strategies that help Matt Curtis achieve 800% profit growth. I think yeah. it was, I think it was uh, like from, from the start till now, you've exactly. increased 800%. Yeah, and we can see Gross profit, your yeah, GCI. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely, of course. Hey, I'll take it, right? Because, you know, it's all money and providing you got a, a profit margin in there, you're still making more than you did last year. Exactly. Why don't you tell everybody about yourself, Matt, so they can get to know you better. Yeah, so we're a, we're a fast-growing real estate team. Uh, we're one of those independent brokerages that run the brokerage as a team. We've been on the uh, 5,000 list past couple of years, fastest-growing companies in the nation, and we were uh, number 50 on the Real Trends list last year in, in terms of top 50 teams. All right, and, and so how many houses is that? Like, what, what are you guys selling? Yeah, so this year we're going to close right around 800 transactions. Wow. And how long have you been at this, Matt? I've been at this for about 10 years. Okay. What did you do before real estate? Uh, my background's in computer engineering. So I started investing in real estate. I couldn't find an agent I felt comfortable with. So typical nerdy engineer, I'll just go get my own license. And one thing led to the next. That's awesome. I love that. And that's the story I hear over and over again, you know, just uh, a frustration level with, uh, you know, the quality of the agent of their own agent and said, I can do this better. Yeah. I mean, the industry has a lot of challenges. It's, it's broken. When you have the average agent selling four or five houses a year, you know, that's not good for the agent. They're broke. You know, profit margins for the, the brokerages now are less than 3%. And then for the consumer, you know, if an agent's only selling four or five houses, they just don't have a level of experience to, to really properly serve that client. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I want to, I'll, I'll touch base back on that 3% stat that you just quoted. But first of all, let's talk about your teamerage, right? What's it called? It's called Matt Curtis Real Estate. Done deal, right? And, yeah. and so what was your ECI at Matt Curtis Real Estate? What was the, the total gross you guys brought in? Yeah, so 2017, we brought in 3.6. Um, and then 2018, we're on track to do about 5.2. Holy dirt. So you're really cranking up. You 3.6 to 5.2. That's, that's, that's a great jump. 
that's a great jump. So, so, uh, and I'm going to talk about how, how you did that. So what's your profit margin? We're right at 25%. Wow. So you're right. So that's, you're basically, yeah, a million and a half bucks, right? Yeah. I mean, if you do the math, we're going to be, you know, 25% would be 1.3. So we're actually going to be somewhere between 1.2 and 1.3 based on some reinvestment in the company at the end of the year. Yeah, of course. No, that's awesome, dude. Congratulations on that. That's uh, a nice pinnacle for you to have achieved. How many years in a row have you achieved said pinnacle of having a, you know, million dollar EBITDA? Yeah, this will be the first year. Last year, uh, we were around 800. Okay. That's awesome. That's great, man. Good year. All right. So, so let's talk about this, right? So first of all, tell me how your team is set up, like admin, uh, buyer agents, listing agents, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, we look at the real estate transaction process and we think it's three distinct steps. Um, so the middle is what agents typically enjoy doing. You know, that's a buyer agent, a listing agent. Uh, enjoy, you know, basically somebody's belly to belly with the client, helping them find a house, helping them sell a house. Um, on the front end is the marketing side. So that's a lot of what agents are either not good at or don't enjoy doing. So we offload that functionality. We generate around 1,400 leads per month. We have a database of over 50,000 leads now. Um, and then on the back end, once it goes under contract, um, we uh, basically, we offload anything that's not dollar productive for the agent. Um, so contract to close, we have closing schedulers that schedule the home warranty, the closing, the inspection. We have closing coordinators that are licensed that negotiate requests for repairs, uh, that attend the closing, and then any and every other step in between. Um, you know, if you're a listing agent, your job is to meet with a client, follow up with them weekly, negotiate contracts, and then everything else is handled. We have a listing team that schedules the photography. We've got an in-house photographer. They put everything in Zillow, the MLS. And then we have a runner that puts out open house signs, puts out lock boxes, you name it. Yeah. And then, and then, so t- tell me about your agents. Like what, like, um, do they work both buyers and sellers and what are their commission splits? Typically we start our agents out as a buyer's agent because it's, it's easier as you first get in the business to, to earn buyer agent business. Um, you know, after a year or so, after you've had a certain transaction level, it's easier to become a, a listing agent and sell, do more volume, but you've got to know your numbers. So we do split it up. Uh, we do have a, a couple of agents that are, are hybrid, but for the most part, 95% of our agents either do one or the other. Okay. And then in terms of splits go on the buyer agent side, it's between 40 to 50. It's based on the previous quarter's production. Um, and then listing side, it's 30%. Um, if you do the math, our average commission rate's like 36% each month. Okay. On average, when you, uh, when you merge them together. Merge. Yeah, exactly. Costs of goods sold is 36%. And, that, and, 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 and you know what? That kind of makes sense as how you can have such a, a decent pro- a profit margin. Because 25% is a decent profit margin when you're talking $5 million. And, you know, uh, it, it's all, I think, it really, really does, if you think about this, boils to your cost of goods sold. You get it around 36%. That's essentially giving you another 40%, right, that you could spend money on, which is easy to do. 
right? Especially if you're trying to build and grow and like you have. Right. And it's, it's money that if, if you're really going to be an agent, you're going to have to spend regardless. You're going to have to spend on marketing. You're going to have to spend on admin support. So that's the value of the team. We're able to pull all those resources together and give our agents an unfair competitive advantage. Because, I mean, we spend more money on radio or our billboard advertising than you know, top agents will earn an entire year. And so that just generates so much more recognition and leads for those agents. Mm-hmm. Right. So talk to me about how, what specifically you put in place to take your GCI this year from 3.6 to 5.4. At this point, you know, it's, there's certain levels of incremental scale that, you know, are, are just easy growth. And then there's other areas that you hit plateaus and it gets harder. So we're still in that easy growth mode where it's just dialing up what we're currently doing. You know, adding more billboards, adding more radio messages, adding more PPC campaigns, and, and most importantly, recruiting and training agents. So you're just plowing more money into the same things that you've done in the past. Nothing, nothing like new and, and proprietary, right? It's no, just- we're, I mean, we're always doing new things, but um, those are the things that have moved the dial or the, the knob the most. Um, probably one of the most exciting things that we're working on right now, you've heard about the whole iBuyer deal that's, that's happening na- nationwide. Yes. So we decided to, to get into the game and be the first real estate company in Alabama to be a, have an instant offer program. Okay, so like ex- explain this like a third grader can understand since everybody listening might not recognize the term iBuyer. Yeah, so basically, you know, there's selling a house can be a hassle. You know, you don't want to have to deal with showings. Um, you may be about to face foreclosure. So, for example, we had a, a lady yesterday that was going to house was going to be foreclosed on next week. We, we bought her house. And so with us, you have three different options. We can list it traditionally and try to maximize the dollar of the house. Uh, we can combine an in-between strategy where we do that or we offer a guarantee at the end. You know, you don't sell it within 90 days we buy it. Or we can just go ahead and eliminate all the hassle up front and just buy the house from you. Uh, don't have to worry about showings. You don't have to worry about painting or making repairs. We handle all the, the details. So, it, you know, it's the whole idea of buy your house now for cash. And it's the whole idea of you don't have to put it on the market. You don't have to do an open house. You don't have to stage it. You don't have to go through all of these processes and in return for that, you're not going to get what you would on the open market. You're not going to get what you may get in an auction type atmosphere because this is an auction of one. Me, Matt, is going to buy this, right, for X price. Right. And this is more popular now than it ever has been before in history, because, you, you, which is interesting, and I want to get your take on this, Matt, because first of all, let me ask you this. I know the answer to this in my mind. Why do you think this is more popular now than it ever has been before? I think for two things. I think one is we're less patient as a society. You know, we want things now and instantaneously. We want to be able to press a button and, and things uh, magic happens. The second is I think we're busier than we used to be. And so that time equates to money and, and holding costs and those type of things. But I think where this program is different than where it's been in the past, it's typically been um, 
flipping investors that will you know buy it at you know 70 80 percent on the dollar um the i buyers of today are really competitive and, and lean and mean and they're able to offer really nice valuations like we're currently offering between 85 to 93 percent of value uh, we've got one that we're going to close here in a couple of weeks it'll be 93 percent amazing read for agents who want to blow their business up six steps to seven figures was an amazing read pat breaks it down into simple actionable steps that have taken will almost guarantee seven figure success in the real estate sales business couldn't recommend this enough wow thank you for the awesome amazon review garo 215 now do you want to get your hands on this book for free and blow your business up here's how Go to freesixstepsbook.com. That's free, S-I-X, stepsbook.com right now. Or simply text the word PAT to 444-999. That's text PAT to 444-999, and I'll send you a free book. Really? Is it really 93% of value? I mean, because that does really? not, that does not give you much margin. It doesn't. So you well, got how does to, that benefit you? How, how does it benefit you having such a slim margin? Well, you got to know your numbers. So Zillow is getting in this game, as you know, and oh, yeah. they're you know, making two grand per house on, on their level. It's a, a game of scale, but really it's, it's not even about the profit and loss on the individual house. The, the, the trick is for, you don't want to lose money. So if you, if you buy 10 houses over the next two months, you have five winners, five losers, and they all balance out to zero, that's okay because you just got additional transactions on your belt that you wouldn't possibly got in other hand, so you got paid commission. And then also you're getting introduced to other traditional sales that you wouldn't be introduced to otherwise. That's the whole reason Zillow is getting into the game is it's going to generate more seller leads for them. Um, so th same thing for us. It generates additional seller leads. Wait a minute. Let's slow this down. Yeah. For you, right? I think it makes sense because like you said, you could make more money on other things. It could be a loss leader, right? Mm -hmm. You make $2,000. You make 7%. Uh, maybe, right? When the market shifts, you lose that 7% like that. Right when the market shifts, Zillow is going to lose that two grand like that. It's a game of musical chairs, right? You know, at slowly but surely, chairs are going to get pulled out, and the 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 kids at the party that don't have a place to sit down are the little guys that have three or four flips that they're doing, right? One by one, the ones that don't get out of the game or not fast enough to sit down on a chair. Let me know if I'm not making sense with this logic. Yeah. There's going to be some heartbreak in this game, but I think it's smart for you because you have other things you could sell them. Like you say, you could, you could get listings from it. You're going to list the property. If an investor buys it, you're going to make a commission. You could double end it. Uh, you could have a past client once somebody buys it. You know, it creates inventory for you and your team. I don't know if it makes sense on a big scale at, at two thousand dollars a house. I mean, what do the are the numbers going to work on a wide scale when the market shifts and all of a sudden 
you know, investors stop buying because they can't make their margins anymore? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the risk scenario that Zillow and, and uh, you know, those other co- offer pad and those type of companies have to figure out. But I think long-term too, though, as you shift to a buyer's market, some of those percentages are going to be more favorable for the instant offer buyer as well. Um, so you're going to be able to, to make up some of your margins by offering less in a more buyer-friendly market. So I think it'll all equal out. The challenge is, obviously, you don't want to get ahead of yourself. Uh, we're big Dave Ramsey followers. We're very conservative with our cash. And so you don't want to uh, ever get overexpose yourself where you have too much risk on the line. So what does that mean for you? You're, you're only going to buy X amount a month? We are. Yeah, we have a, a, a hard limit on what we will buy. How many? Uh, right now, we'll, we'll buy up to, we'll have a, up to a million dollars of inventory currently. Okay. okay. Yeah. So once you get to a million dollars of inventory, you stop. We stop. And yeah. Somebody wants, an, uh, if someone clicks yeah. the button, they're like, hey, you put you on a waiting list. Put you on a waiting list, but you know, we're also, this you become a market maker, you know, you own your own inventory, but there's other creative things that you can do as well in terms of offloading that property without putting it on your balance sheet. It's like what? You sell directly to somebody else in your database. Right. Okay. Because I mean, if you're in a hot seller's market and they can buy a house at 93% of value, you just, you just made their day. You just double into the property. Yeah. Do you okay? So let me ask you this. This is another question. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. you know you're high-minded enough to 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 go to these big ideas here and these thoughts. So right now, again, more than ever in history, there's more investors. Right? There's more flippers. Real estate, real estate rental, real estate, or flipping real estate. Short-term holds, right, and flips are a highly respected class. A lot of it has to do with. Like you said, our culture wants to get rid of houses fast, so there's a lot more sellers that are raising their hands saying, I'll, I'll sell this on the cheap, whereas 10 years ago, 20 years ago, they'd be like, hell no, I'm not taking 80% of value. Right. You know, I'll put it on the market and wait, right? Mm-hmm. Much more patient society then. But my question is, do you think that like, eventually it will not be as respected of an asset class, i.e. asset classes are kind of like a popularity contest. And right now, multifamily, like apartment buildings are astronomically respected, meaning there are cranes everywhere. Everyone wants to own them. Um, Not, you know, so respected might be, you know, bonds, right? Or, you know, there's been times when you have, you know, internet stocks or respect or Bitcoin or whatever, you know, stuff like this goes in and out. Do you think there'll be a time where this whole investor rush with all these cash buyers and all these people willing to buy flips will dissipate? Oh, absolutely. As the economy turns, um, it's real estate's always cyclical. Um, So I I think real estate across the nation is, is probably overbought. I don't think it is here locally in our area, but over, you know, over, the rest of the country, we've seen, I think, on average, 50% appreciation rates over the last few years. So I don't think that trend can continue. And as those rates, as values start to plummet or start to drop slightly, you know, you, you're going to have the risk of the investors. You know, everybody got in, 
And so everybody that over leveraged themselves will, will get out of the game and some of them will get foreclosed on just like we saw last time. Fascinating. Okay. So let's talk about, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about technology, right? I mean, okay. you're on the cutting edge. You got a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts. Give me some cool technologies that you guys are using. What are your favorites? Whether it be uh, software in-house, whether it be apps, let's just hit a bunch of them. Yeah, our, I mean, our absolute favorite is, is by far Salesforce, which, you know, as, as you probably know, powers most of the Fortune 500 companies. It's over a billion dollar CRM system. It's something that I recommend, you know, very conservatively because it's, it's one of those things you can do anything with it. That's the power of it. The weakness is you can do anything with it. And so you can really get, they spend a lot of time and money developing your Salesforce systems. But that being said, if you're wanting to build a team that sells 800, 1,000, 2,000 plus units per year, you're going to have to have that type of technology. And so we've dove in uh, you know, head first into Salesforce waters. I mean, we're, we've got 100 hours a week being programmed in the Salesforce environment. And, and it's, it's really uh, taking us to the next level. Okay, so what does that mean? A hundred hours a week being programmed. Yes, so we've got we've got programmers creating custom analytics and reports and dashboards uh, for our agents to make them more efficient. Um, so as opposed, so basically, if you're a buyer agent on my team, you log into a dashboard and it shows you everybody that you have a you know, task open with, somebody that's been on our website the last couple of days that you're working anybody you've gone on an appointment with and haven't converted yet shows you all your conversion numbers in terms of how many calls it takes to make an appointment and how many appointments it takes to make a contract and, and those type of things. And so, so tell me about why you chose to do this when there's a plethora of other CRMs that real estate agents can use, including some, I think the last show you, you were using commissions Inc and boomtown and, and, right. So tell me about this. I mean, they're all great platforms, but none of them had the analytics that we needed to run our business. So what, what, are the, what are the analytics that you need that can't be provided by a CRM on the market today? So for one, our Salesforce platform integrates all of our leads directly into the source. And then they cal it calculates our return on investment, our cost per lead, all the metrics that we need to need to determine whether that marketing source is working for us. And then the other thing is it just wasn't tracking metrics for our agents like, like we needed it to. So uh, most agents, you know, you ask them how many calls they made that day and, you know, feels, feels like 50, it feels like a hundred, but then you go back and you actually look at it and, you know, it might've been eight or 10. And so you can't really help that agent until you know what the effort was. And so if you know it's going to take 20 calls a day to be effective in this business and they're making 10, then it's just an effort conversation, a motivation conversation. But if they're making 60 calls a day and not making the sales that they need to make, then it's a training issue. And so that's allowed us to get ahead of the curve and um, provide coaching for our agents before, you know, before in the past, you know, they would, you get out of the business because they weren't making any sales. So now we can know on week one, you know, what, what the problem is and, and course correct. Does it link to their cell phone? 
No, but they just log into uh, in Salesforce and, and log a call, log their notes. So based on logging a note, then we do all the analytics based on all the activity. So they have to, so they have to make the call, and then right after the call, they got to type it into Salesforce. You got it. Because, I mean, they're working, you know, say, 100 different clients, too. They're going to need that reminder of when they need to follow up with the Right. So they, they do, do, do a lot of them do it with landlines, um, with a computer screen in front of them, or are they doing it on their cell phones? Like, what's most effective? Yeah, typically they're doing it right there in front of their computer. And just typing as, as they talk. You got it. Yeah. I like yeah. that. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. So what what would you say, right, outside of agent SOI right now, is your number one source of leads? Agent SOI is actually one of the lower amounts. So agent SOI is only 16% of our business. Okay. Um, 84% is, is marketing-based or from the company. Uh, so billboards is a big one. Uh, radio, of course, our website, uh, Google reviews call, you know, yard signs, all that. What, how many reviews are you up to? We're up to over 1500 now in total. Yeah. Between Zillow, Google, and Facebook. What do you like best? I like Google because most people are, you know, searching on Google. And so it's just, it's free Google juice, basically. Free Google juice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get so many people that call us. I was just researching real estate agents and your name popped up. And, and so how do you, how are your agents, how, how do your agents decide, hey, go to Yelp or go to Google or go to Facebook or, you know, and, 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 and how do they get, like, you, you obviously can't get 1,500 reviews for a small brokerage uh, without a concerted effort. So talk to me about that. Yeah, you got it. So uh, what we preach is it's, it's all about that moment of happiness. So you give the client a uh, they just work out a deal on a contract client says, thank you. So you're looking, so I try to program my team to look for, you know, certain words. So when they say, thank you, anytime you say, thank you, ask for a review. So you went above and beyond getting an, a request for pairs worked out and they tell you, thank you. Great. Can you also submit a review for me? So we have a, basically the way that we do it is our agents, our closing coordinators, our client care department that close calls after closing, they all ask about the experience, and if they're happy, they they ask for a review. We give them a a 
we have Texas Roadhouses here, so we give them a $5 Texas Roadhouse gift card for every review or a Starbucks gift card if that's what they want. And that's how we do it. We, we send them all three links. We also make the links easy for the consumer because, you know, if you go on Google, it's going to have a thousand different characters. It's going to be a really long line. So we just buy URLs that redirect. So like uh, fivestargoogle.com or we had fivestarfacebook.com, but we got a legal letter on that. Uh, so we changed that. It's fivestarzillow.com, those type of things. No, I think that's really smart. You know, I started doing that with with my stuff, like my calendar. I, I, you know, created my own little thing and just redirected it. And I then I started thinking of other things that I could do it with too, right? And it's rather than these lengthy things that you got to type out or sometimes when you text somebody a website, if it's lengthy, a dash is put in the middle of it and then the link is broken. Mm-hmm. So if you can create a short thing like CurtisReview.com, boom. You know? Yeah, and then you could just say go to curtisreview.com or whatever. Yeah. Consumers are busy now. I mean, if it if it takes them an extra, if anything you can make easy for them, they'll do. But the first hiccup, they're going, oh, I didn't work, and they're on to their next thing. Do agents come and work for your company and get like spun out by the massive amounts of accountability? You know, no, that's 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 not an issue with us. Um, and I think it's because of the amount of interviewing that we do. So we're really, really particular about who we hire. So I would say that would be an issue if we were like a traditional brokerage and just hired everybody. You know, you fog up the mirror, you can come over here. But the accountability issue has not been, been an okay, issue. So, so tell me about the interview process. And better yet, tell me about, first of all, where you get the agents to raise their hand to be interviewed. And then tell me about the whole process you take them through. Yeah, so on the recruiting side, with our billboards, our mass market campaign, we do have a lot of people reach out to us. Uh, we also look at you know statistics in the MLS and determine who we want to target. So you know we do those two things. We send mass emails. Really, no big secret sauce on the recruiting side, other than just attracting a lot of people. In terms of the interview process, um, we do attract a lot of people, and we are very particular. Um, so one of the things that's worked really well for us is having lunch and learns. Uh, we also had a career night the other night, worked pretty much the same way. But with that, you know, we'll track 15, 20, 25 individuals, give them free lunch, offer to answer any questions that they have about getting licensed, about our team, have basically a basic Q&A. And what that allows us to do is quickly pre-screen who we want to, to sit down and interview because, you know, typically 20, 25 people, you know, that might take us 15 hours to, to sit down and, and yeah, pre-screen. one by one, right? Yeah. So, and then that, it takes us an hour and we can typically get, you know, four or five solid interviews. Well, what are we, okay. So, so you get 25 people in the room, you mm-hmm. feed them lunch and what yeah. do you do? We're like, what do you ask? What do you do? Yeah. I mean, we've done it a couple of different ways. I've, I've had like presentations that we've done. Uh, the way that's worth the best is I just have everybody go around and introduce themselves. Hey, my name is you know Joe. I'm new to real estate. I've been selling real estate for 10 years. And then I also have them give their most embarrassing moment. I have everybody go around the room. That really? Way, yeah. That way we get everybody's names. I got people in the back kind of writing notes. And then I just open it up. I said, hey, we're here for you. 
you know, you know, complete open books. What do you want to know about real estate? What do you want to know about our team, our culture? And then the questions start going and then there's certain things I always try to talk about and, and I work those into the conversation as well. And what's with the most embarrassing moment? I mean, is that embarrassing moment in real estate? I mean, because some people's embarrassing anything. moment could be like pretty freaking something you don't want to say. Yeah, it just, you know, it, it, it brings out their personality. Hmm. Yeah. Livens them up, right? Livens you up. You got it. Yeah, okay. you got it. Gets and then up. what do you do with that? So you got all these embarrassing moments. You got all these people that says what their names is and how long they've been in the biz. What do you do with that? And then we just go through. We, we answer the questions. We, you know, telling is not selling. So it's really important to have good stories. And so we have great stories about, you know, why a team is, is better than working with a franchise and how we work and our culture. And so all those type of things. Um, but the other thing that I think is really important is, you know, why do people buy? Because other people are buying. Why do people not buy? Because people aren't buying. And so we use that kind of that herd mentality of, okay, at the end, who's interested in interviewing with us? Raise your hand. And so now, you know, the whole room is inter raising their hand and they, um, you know, it, it kind of creates this feeding frenzy of everybody wants to get in and they realize how difficult it is to get in with us. And so they're now, instead of us interviewing us, they're now trying to sell us on why they need to be able to have an opportunity to join our team. Um, and do you go around and ask them, like, why should we interview you? Or like, or do you no, just... No, no, so I just leave it at that. We just, you know, raise your hand if you're interested in interviewing. And then we have a sign-up sheet where they go and sign up for interviews. And then from there, we decide who we want to interview. So that's that's one one thing that we do. Uh, the other thing is if, if you were on our list, you were somebody that we, we felt like might be a good fit for us, we'd give you a call and, and, and recruit you and we offered kind of two paths, you know, so one thing might be, you know, hey, Matt, I, I've heard a lot about you guys, but I'm not sure if I, I want to interview yet. And so we have an info session. We'll just sit down with you 30 minutes, answer any questions that you have. And then, you know, another option might be, you might say, hey, Matt, I've heard great things about you. I know I'm, I'm in, I, I want to interview. So we'll go ahead and do a, a quick 30 minute interview with you. Um, so that's, you know, that's the first step. From there, we do a, a group interview with uh, three of the three other team members. That's more of like a cultural type interview. We, we we judge you based on you know whether or not you fit with our cultural values, and then there's a final interview uh, which I used to do, but I, I've got a uh, somebody that's that's our broker now, so she does those those interviews. And and so the three people do they they're like a jury? Do they just kind of decide, or they put in like an an anonymous vote, yes, no, or what do you do? We with have that? a we have an interview rating form. Mm. So there's like ten different things that we're looking for, um, and so they judge it from one to ten based on those ten categories. And then the final yes or no, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down. Wow! And how many agents do you have now, Matt? We have. I have to think because we've we've hired a few here lately. We're at thirty eight. Thirty eight agents, and yeah. and how many people do you have? in the staff and the salaried, you know, yeah, total team, we're right at about 60 right now, 60 people. Okay. Yeah, at the end of the year, we're going to be about 70. Do you have a mortgage and a title company? No, not yet. We're working on a title company. Why not mortgage too? 
when I looked at uh, we were looking at those numbers this year and our market from what we can tell has gotten very competitive in mortgage and people are buying business. Um, and so with the volume that we were looking at doing, it wasn't going to be profitable enough. Yeah. And they probably wanted you to personally sign some stuff too, which is a scary part about owning a mortgage company. If it's not a joint venture, you know, right. Okay. So you are going to do title, which is smart. And, um, uh, tell me about uh, training. Like, how are you training 36 agents? So, a couple of things. One is ongoing training. We base our leadership, we took a couple of different models, you know, the military model, the biblical model. You basically, every four to five people have a team lead. Wait a minute, the military model. Yeah. The biblical model. Yeah. And so, if you look at those models, um, you know, typically you have a leader for every four to five. Oh, Okay. Okay. Yep. So that's, that's how we modeled our company off of. And so uh, that team lead meets with that agent every single week and they're in touch with them throughout the week. So that's for accountability. That's for encouragement. Because uh, one of the issues that we had in the past was, you know, with an agent, you might not find out a problem until it's a month later. And it's, at that point, it's too late. If you find out a problem week one, you can course correct and and uh, make any adjustments that you need to do. But, so that's decrease the churn rate. Uh, so that's one thing. And then as you, if you were to join our team, like we have next week, we have a, a buyer's agent boot camp. So that's the first week that you're on the job. We've had agents that have been selling five, six, seven years that have told us they've learned more about real estate in that week than they learned in that five, six, seven years selling real estate. <laughs> okay. So I need to know what, 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 if I'm a buyer agent, right? And, and I'm new to your team, what can I expect from the buyer agent boot camp? Well, we're going to cover all aspects. We're going to cover you know, how we do business, you know, our unique processes. We're going to cover how to prospect. Uh, we're going to cover you know, how to, for the brand new agents, how to show houses, you know, typical real estate, real estate type training. And then we're going to kind of take you from A to Z. We're going to give you so much information that it's going to be a little bit of an overload, but we're going to continue to enforce that information uh, throughout the year. So we have the buyer agent boot camps. As you become a listing agent, we have a listing agent boot camp. And then these, we, report, uh, we repeat these boot camps, listing agent boot camp, we have one for our team leads. We repeat those every quarterly. And then we also have training Thursday afternoons and Friday mornings. So based on the needs of the team, it could be, you know, a new mortgage product. It could be something about new construction, it'd be how to close the deal. We've also rolled out a, a, a internet conversion training class. It's a six week course on how to you know, convert internet leads. That's been a huge success for us as well. Wow. I love that you redo them every quarter, right? That's yeah. kind of cool, right? And then you're yeah. constantly... Sometimes you don't necessarily need to be taught something new. You just need to be reminded. And then the, the person that's in charge, right, lieutenant or whoever they are, they're in charge of the three cadets, let's say. Uh, what, what Are they paid an override or how, how do you incentivize them? You're talking about the, the team lead position? Yeah, team lead. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they, they get a flat bonus based on, you know, just doing the right things of, of meeting with the agents and doing uh, accountability and those type of things. Like a flat, a flat monthly 
Uh-huh. Stipend, yeah, regardless of how many houses that agent sells. You got it. And then there's a, we set goals for them each, each month for their team. And so there's a goal stretch and dream goal. And so there's bonuses based on the team's production for that month. So if you're, if, if you're a team lead and the three agents you have are killing it, you're massively incentivized, right? You got it, yeah. And then there's probably some competitive nature to that too, right? Because you, if you've got 10 or so team leads, right, then you, you, you could put them up on the board in a little race, right? This team leads always. It's kind of like, what's it called? The TV show, The, um, the Voice, right? Where they right. Build, Adam Levine builds his team and his team competes against Blake's team. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So we have, you know, we have that friendly competition. We have uh, leaderboards and TVs throughout the office where we're tracking, you know, where we're at. Um, but we're also, uh, we also set goals as a team too, which I think is one of the big differences and what helps make a great culture here is, you know, we'll set a, a goal for the month. And then when we hit that goal, let's say it's 80 sales for this month, we'll all go celebrate. We'll go kayaking. We'll go to Six Flags. We'll have a food truck here at our office, you name it. And so it's our agents, our admin, our marketing, all working together and celebrating as we all win together. And who comes up with the goals? I mean, who comes up with the goals and who comes up with the prizes? Uh, the goals, uh, me and, and our executive team, Lee, come up with the goal and then the prizes we put out to the team. You know, they're, it's, it's for them. What do you guys want to do? And how yeah. often are you hitting said goals? Uh, about 67, 70% of the time. Okay, that's fair. You know, you, know, you almost don't want to hit it every time, right? Because right. then it's almost too easy. Mm -hmm. You know, the alternative, the other thing that happens though too is if there's two or three, if we get to three months in a row that we haven't hit it, morale starts to get down too. So we, we have to be careful on that side. That's happened a couple of times. Yeah, that happened to me. You know, right. That's the thing, right? Because they get, you know, they get so used to ringing the bell that mm -hmm. couple months in a row, you don't ring the bell and it's like, wah, wah, wah. it's not funny anymore. You got it, yeah. Right? Where meanwhile, everyone they know is working for a company that doesn't have parties and doesn't have thing and they're not complaining. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you spoiled them. Uh, we do in a good way. So speaking of spoiling agents like um, or agents being spoiled, I wanted to, to wrap this up with this final question, which I haven't asked anybody else yet, but I'm, I'm going to start with you. What are you doing to prepare your agents or to, to have them be prepared should the market slow down? I think it's all about expectations. I've already, I've, we've got some great mentors over at T3, you know, Stefan and Jack Miller and those guys, and they gave us well, some What's training. T3? A T3 uh, consulting group. So you hired T3 to, to coach you? Is that what it you is? Got it. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so All, they, right. All they, right, keep going. Yeah, so they, they have a training course. that They basically walked us through the different stages of real estate. And so I, I did the same training with our team. And the big thing is just setting expectations of, hey, we're, we're in that seller's market now. What do the other markets look like? And why, why you don't have to be afraid of it? Because a company like ours, we're going to do what kind of like what Jim Collins calls a 20-mile march. We're going to continue to grow regardless of whether we're in a good market or a bad market. A good market, we're going to be conservative and not grow as much as we could, just not to over-leverage ourselves. 
And in a bad market, we're going to put the pedal to the metal when nobody else is spending money on advertising. And so bad market is not bad for us because we're just going to continue to pick up additional market share and we're going to continue to grow, which is going to help catapult us in the future. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially what uh, Gary Keller did with Keller Williams when the, the market tanked, you know what okay. I mean? He said, okay, now we're going to spend more money on soldiers to, to grow our business. So when it does come back, we'll, you know, be flying high and that's what happened, you know? Yeah. A lot of successful companies start during a recession. Right. Very interesting. Well, Matt, this has been a blast. I really appreciate you taking the time to come back on here Always love talking to you. Such a high level of conversation. I wish you the best of luck. Congratulations on your first year netting a million bucks. I think that's the the goal of most agents out there that build teams at least. Uh, so you, it looks like you're going to achieve that this year. And um, so um, congrats on that. And listen, if I'm ever in your neck of the woods, I will uh, definitely look you up and uh, break some bread. I don't think I've ever been personally to Alabama, the entire state. So maybe I can take a random trip out there. So I'll definitely look you up if I'm in Huntsville, my friend. That sounds good. Come see us. Look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks, Pat. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button yes hit subscribe please the more subscribers that we get on real estate rock stars the better guests are attracted to the shows we'll get more guests from the top companies from the top teams and even more celebrity guests like robert kiyosaki and barbara corcoran also if you're not a member of our free facebook group go to real estate rock stars radio right on facebook and Join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers, and I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram, as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.